Hello everybody, welcome to episode 7. I think it's episode 7. I was going to check that before I started talking, but you know, here we are. Uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Front Row Comedy, the greatest comedy company you've ever seen ever, anywhere, ever. Jump on it and check it out on Facebook. It's amazing. We've got dates coming up all over Newcastle, so jump on that for Front Row Comedy. Uh, got some amazing things going on. But, uh, but that's it for the sponsorship this week. Uh, if you want to sponsor the show... Reach out. It's a great show. Go us. Uh, so, <laughs> it's me, Isaac, your good old pal. Um, hope you're all are well uh, on this uh, on this Monday. Uh, it's fantastic to be with you in your ears. Uh, we've got some date. I've got some dates coming up. If anyone's around and wants to listen to me talk some shit, uh, I'm in Musselbrook this Friday, uh, and then next uh, the week after that at Five Sawyers in on Derby Street. There, massive show going on there, and then a Foghorn Brew House. On the 6th of December, get along to Froghorn Brew House. It is going to be a massive show. We've got some YouTube celebrities, some celebrities coming all the way from, from, the, from the globe because uh, one's travelling back from England. They're all Australian, but from the globe nonetheless. Uh, the 12th of December, the North Cumberland Hotel in New Lambton. I never knew that was a hotel in New Lambton, but apparently it is. Uh, get along to that. Uh, and the 19th in Gloucester. If we're going to Gloucester listeners, we'll be there on the 19th. So check that out. That's through Maitland Comedy Club. But... Uh, Brycey boy, you with us in the studio? How are you going? What's Good. doing? Good, Isaac. How are you, mate? Oh, mate, I've just uh, finished Oztag. I'm a big sweaty head. We've gone through a kilo of deodorant, but I feel good. <laughs> you do smell. I just wanted to point that out. Thank you. Um, it's manly. Yeah, it's obviously not sponsored by Lynx enough. Um, but mate, you got some great things going on with your uh, with, with the book that's apparently been released. And yes, it has finally been released. Thanks for asking every week. Um, <laughs> it's great to see. Uh, yeah, no, we're selling lots of copies, and um, uh, we've obviously, as I said last time, got a publisher on board that's going to be putting it into the Australian New Zealand book trade, which is uh, awesome. And some other exciting news is that uh, a company in Sydney has uh, taken it on board to take a lot of the content out of the book and turn it into a software app. So wow. Yeah, it's really it's really quite uh, exciting. So a lot of the information um, that's in there, and a lot of the programming and belief system modification stuff, can now be um, utilised, you know, everywhere on your phone, on your desktop, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, so big dog Bryce has got an app coming out. Yes, exciting, exciting times. I that's know. Fantastic. Mate. I'm going digital. Wow. <laughs> Following the trends. Well, that's fantastic. You'll be able to jump on that. And if you want to catch Bryce's book, it is the health. Revolution. Underground, Underground health, health revolution. Re-evolution. I don't know yes. why I try and say it every time. It's your book. <laughs> uh, uh, check it out. Available all good name bag bookstores. Or not, not just yet. That'll be probably beginning of next year will be when it'll be available in the bookstores. But you can get it online. You can get it online at drbrycefleming.com.au. I'm not yet releasing my book. I'm going to wait off a little bit on my biography, but it will be out eventually. Um, the Wife and Times of Isaac Butterfield should be a fantastic read. But we have a great... Was it a pop-up book? It is a children's book. <laughs> it's mainly pictures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mainly selfies. Uh, but we've got a great guest in the studio today, Bryce. We do. I'd like to introduce Nerida Bint. Hello, Nerida. Hello, Bryce. Hello. Welcome Ner- to the show, Nerida. Thank How you. you thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. Really well, thank you. How good's the studio? It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really, I really like what you've done with the place. Yeah, there's glass <laughs> yeah. and there's, there's, a, there's a kettle. <laughs> Wow. We, don't, we don't own a microwave, but we've got some kind of 1960s vintage oven. Yeah. There is a tiny little Looks oven. like it hasn't been cleaned since then either, so... That, well, we thing, last week. that thing is a pocket rocket, I tell you. It works better than any microwave, and it probably won't give you cancer. So I reckon mm. it's a good thing. No, yeah. you know, but cancer, quick food... <laughs> so, Narada is the owner and founder of Lazom All Women's Functional Fitness Facility, and that's found in Tyres Hill. Um, and she's a really well-known uh, member of the community too. So um, the first question I really want to ask you, Nerida, is what does Lazom mean? Lazom is a Latin word um, and it stands. It, it basically means to be agile, supple and graceful. Mm-hmm. And the reason I chose it was I wanted something that was a little bit different. I didn't want to call the gym, you know, something, something fitness. I wanted something that um, was a little bit unique and I suppose encompassed a little bit more meaning for the girls and um, considering, you know, we are about the community and we're about, you know, empowering women and, and that sort of thing, I wanted it to represent, you know, femininity. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I really like the word and I like the graphics that it's been put into the logo. So, yep. yeah, I'm really proud of it. Yeah. So awesome. a, a woman's only gym, is that uh, quite busy in there at the moment? It's really busy. Yeah, Fantastic. especially coming into the warmer um, part of the year. Oh, the summer bods. Definitely, <laughs> yep. Everyone's <laughs> trying to get... still on hold, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting there, don't worry. Yeah, no, it's really um, going well at the moment. So the girls are loving the training and they're getting really fit and strong, which is good to see. And 
Yeah, they're enjoying it. So, so what type of gym is it? Is there uh, yoga classes going? Is there what's happening there? Um, basically, day. yeah. Generally, we offer um, three types of different types of training. We have a run running club, which we run a few mornings a week, so it's outdoors. Um, we also run a beach fit session, which is down on the beach, and every week that changes. Sometimes we're swimming in the ocean, sometimes we're in the baths, sometimes we're running up and down the beach. You know, sometimes the girls even do, you know, little flags like the nippers do down yeah, okay. on a Sunday. So we mix it up and, and make sure it's fun, but they're still getting a good workout. Um, and in the gym, um, we pretty much do um, functional training every day. So it's a combination of weight training, cardio, vascular, you know, movements and gymnastics. So every day you come, it's different. Um, you never get bored of it. And the workouts are always, you know, generally an hour long. Um, and in that hour, you might do two, three, sometimes four little mini workouts. And they're always changing. So you're always challenging your body, getting it to try and do different things. You never get bored. And you're having fun as well. Like the girls do lots of fun things like pull-ups and handstands and, you great know. Fun, great yeah. fun, great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> Stuff that, you know, reminds them of their childhood, you know, like doing yeah. cartwheels in a pl- in yeah, playground. Yeah. So, yes, they really seem to enjoy it. Yeah, so is it a is it an advanced class? Is it No, a... definitely not. Um, you know, the whole point of La Somme and why I started it was I was so passionate about making this type of training accessible to absolutely everyone. Yeah. Any woman of any age, any fitness ability, any background, we have women that have come and never ever exercised ever. We've got women that are, you know, thirty kilos overweight come along and, and want to change their life. Um, we've got young girls, sixteen year old girls that, you know, need to learn about eating eating better and moving more and having good role models, you know, ahead of them to try and, you know, encourage them to, you know, to exercise and understand how important it is to look after yourself and, and to have a positive, um, I suppose, you know, image of your body rather than a negative one, rather than trying to punish it all the time, trying to look after it in a good way. So, yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely not advanced. We have girls of all different abilities come along the train. So, yeah, it's definitely um, anyone can come and and do the workouts. Yeah, okay. So, so why La Somme? Why, why create your own gym? Uh, funny thing, it, it actually all happened by accident. It was a complete accident. Um, long story short, you know, a couple of, I was, five years ago, I was 22 kilos heavier than I am now. So I was, I was you know, pretty overweight. I was in a really, really bad place in my life. Um, I was probably, you know, very depressed without even realizing it. Um, started CrossFit and really loved it, you know, really threw myself into it, found myself becoming a part of a community and lost the weight in 12 weeks. You know, I threw myself into this training and decided, you know, for so many years I tried to lose the weight and couldn't do it. And so for 12 weeks I just really, you know, committed to doing this and with a balance of, of learning about the paleo lifestyle and eating, you know, a little bit better and exercising, the weight just fell off me. And I just found this newfound confidence. Um, fast forward a couple of years, I was doing that and still working and, um, you know, I felt, I felt like I was at a place in my life where so much was, you know, not good. You know, my relationship at the time, um, my career, my health and fitness, got the health and fitness sorted, my relationship I sorted, but the career thing was still just something that I couldn't seem to work out what I wanted to do when, you know, when I grew up. Anyway, without even knowing it, I was driving to work one day and I was just feeling that same sick feeling of going to work and I just... Like I literally left home not even knowing I was doing this mm. and I pulled over the side of the road and I called my boss and I just pulled the pin. I said, I can't do it. So I resigned and they were really supportive and they said they didn't want to lose me and but they knew I wasn't happy. I remember my boss saying to me at the time, he said, Nerida, you should be a trainer. Like you should be a personal trainer. Like you light up when you talk about burpees. <laughs> you know, you come into the office and all the girls are asking you about what to eat and how to train and, and I remember thinking to myself, I couldn't be a trainer. Like, no, that's not me. Anyway, I went three months. I didn't really do anything. I just kind of like bummed around and spent all my money. And it wasn't until I was pretty much dead broke and I needed a job and I was really like rock bottom. And I remember seeing this um, women's supplement store on Derby Street, Pink Muscle. So I thought I'll go in there and see if they have any work there. When he got chatting to Erin, she said to me, oh, look, I don't have any work behind the counter, but you'd be, you, know, you should start a boot camp. And so together she helped me get a few clients, get some gear, Um, and honestly, if it wasn't for her and her having that belief in me, I would never have done that. Started off with, you know, eight girls up at the beach outdoors. And then the more I was doing it, the more I realized I loved it. And, you know, I'd be, it would be the best hour of my day. You know, I'd do it three days a week for an hour of time. 
I'd go home and I'd be thinking about it until the next time I went back. And I was like, you know, I really should do this more. So I started talking to the girls. They were asking me for more programming. And I was saying, well, come to my CrossFit gym. Come and train with me. But they were like, oh, no, 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 that's too scary. You know, CrossFit's scary. Training with boys is scary. Not having a bar of it. So that's when I started to think, well, what would it be like if there was a CrossFit gym, like a, a gym for women, where they could do this kind of training that they love but not be intimidated by that word. And the more I started asking them about it, the more they loved it. And, you know, three months later we were opening. Wow. Mm, that's a massive turnaround. Yeah, well, it's one of those things like I was so terrified, you know, because I'm, I'm a single girl signing a lease and, and going and paying that deposit, that bond and, you know, signing up for that, not knowing if it would work. I was terrified. Like I didn't sleep for three weeks. Like mm. I literally did not sleep. I was awake all night. My heart was just like I was just shaking and it just got to the point where I could not do it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm. So I just figured I'd do it and whatever I had to do to make it work, I would do. So this, I mean, one of the themes that we do have here in Modern Day Thoughts really is um, trying to find out uh, – you know, what is it that makes people um, tick? And, and, you know, a story just like what you've said. You've obviously went through a bit of a crisis. You, you were unhappy with yourself, unhappy with your life, unhappy with your, your weight, unhappy with pretty much everything. And then you had that, that big turnaround moment and changed everything. And, um, you know, I think there will be a lot of listeners out there that um, may find themselves just slipping into that, mm. um, that pattern because it's so easy just you know, to go five years down the track and, and just look at yourself and go, what the freaking mm. hell just happened? How did I get in yeah. this state? Yeah. So would there be something, like is there is there one thing or a, a word or something that you could share with um, people out there that, that may just help them to kind of make a decision to, to better themselves? You know, what would you say to someone? What would you say to yourself back then if you knew where you are now? Oh, I remember someone saying to me, it was the night before I was going to sign the lease and I, you know, I really thought, no, I can't do this, this is too scary. And one of my friends sent me this great link to an article, but the, the title in itself was enough, mm. Don't Fear the Flinch. Mm-hmm. And I read it and it just talked about how fear, all the best things in life are on the other side of fear. Mm. When, when those things that you fear most are actually the things you need to do the most. And honestly, if it hadn't been for me, like that was this, like by far the most terrified I'd ever been. And the 12 months that have followed that have by far been the best 12 months of my life. Mm. Um, so that's what I would say. Definitely, like, if you're scared of something, it's a good thing. It's mm. probably exactly what you Means need you're to do. you on the right track. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know what? It's, it's funny, but, you know, like, you know, the last 12 months have been amazing. And, you know, I used to hear, like, I'm, a, you know, 32. I'd hear people talk about giving back and giving, you know, when you give, you receive. Mm. And I never really understood that. And I honestly believe this last 12 months is the first time in my life where I've actually given a little bit of myself and what I've received back is absolutely Tenfold. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah always by, by far. But I find myself still like, you know, this last 12 months has been great, but I still find myself going, you know, into my next little like, okay, what, what's my next challenge, you know? Mm-hmm. I think you've got to constantly evolve and, and educate yourself and learn and, and live true to your values. You know, I've, in this last 12 months, I've been invited to go to a few, you know, um, business, you know, seminars and self-improvement seminars. Like, you know, being a business owner, you're invited to these things by other business mm-hmm. owners, which I think is great and I've found it really interesting. But I'm, I've realised that you just, you can't ever stay still. Like, mm-hmm. there's always, you know, I just find it really interesting learning about, yeah, just constantly evolving and growing and, um it's hard to explain, but you've, yeah, you've yeah. got you've got a pretty much classic entrepreneurial type um, personality, you mm. know, where you you have one um, one task, and then you can think of another task that's going to help you to improve that task, mm. and that's going to help other people to improve what they're doing. I'm all about paying <coughs> for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, I love that idea that you know, and I love that idea of you doing something for somebody, mm-hmm. and then they pay it forward somewhere else along the line, and then eventually, mm. you know. The more people that do that, the more love and the more encouragement and, and support that people are getting, you know, the better. Like, yep. And the, the world needs more of it. You know, we all need more of it. We need more women that are strong enough to, you know, come and train at the gym. And then I see them when they leave the gym in the mornings, you know, they're so happy and their mm. friendships they've built. You know, we've got 85 members mm. and girls often say, you join the SOM and you instantly get 80 new best friends, friends yeah. you know. <laughs> and these girls are all different ages, professions, you know, 
different types of women that would never have been brought together. Yeah. But essentially, they're all the same, and yeah. that's what I love. I love seeing them in that environment. And one thing I've real I've learned about myself is, you know, they talk about this guy Mojo Master. He's fantastic. Look him up. Uh-huh. He talks about living truly values, and I didn't even know what my values were. And he said to me, well, sit down and write down the top three things that you loved doing as a kid and the top three things you loved now doing as an adult. And I worked out that one of them was community. Mm. You know, I love bringing people together and I often just, I love to just sit back and watch it all unfold. Mm. And so I think that's why, you know, I'm in a place where I'm, I'm feeling a lot of happiness and, and, you know, I feel like I'm in a good place because I'm living true to that. Yep. But there, they still change and they still evolve and, you know, it's, I just don't think you ever stop. Mm. So I think that's the key to constantly be pushing yourself to be better. And, and I don't mean in terms of earning money. Like people said to me, oh, you'll kill it with Lassam, you'll make so much money. That would never even cross my mind. Like mm. it wasn't even about that. Yeah. I just wanted to do it because I wanted to spend my days doing that. Yeah. And I think when you find that, yeah. you know, the rest is... Do you think that people, they just, especially in today's sort of society and, you know, it's you leave school, you get a job, you grind, mm-hmm. you meet someone, you get married, you have kids, mm-hmm. you grind, and yep. then you get, you retire, yep. and you just yep. sort of float off into nothing. And, you know, the only people that, well, not the only people, but a lot of people who really enjoy their lives or their jobs are the people that break the mould. Oh, totally. You know, mm-hmm. I think that um, if anyone can learn things from at least this podcast, it is the, 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 the people who enjoy their lives perhaps the most, the ones that break the mould. The quickest, or yep. or even the latest. I you know, agree. No... You're never too old. Like you know, no, like you know, no. I was like I was 31 when I started this business, and yeah. you know, years ago I thought about you know maybe going to university, and then I thought no, I'm too old to go to university. I thought about you're never too old to have a career change. Like we're working for the next 30 or 40 years. Like I'll be working for the next 30 or 40 years of my mm-hmm. life. Like I want it to be spent in a way that I enjoy what I'm doing and that. I'm giving back to the community in but some way. But that's the culture. The culture yeah, is you is. go to school, you get a job, it that's is. done. That's all you do. It is, and it's such a shame. Um, and, you know, I think that's what society, the way that our society is, is structured with big corporations and companies and people just being enslaved into that, you know. But there's this great video, Alan Watts, What Do You Desire? Mm. And, and I think people think that they need to be really creative and that they need to have some kind of skill, talent to be a painter or a writer or to have their own business. Like, you don't. You just, everyone has something that they love doing and everyone, like, there are even people, I know accountants that love actually. Like Lisa. Yes, yeah, yeah Lisa from Revolution. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she loves she being a accountant. She actually loves it. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't think of anything worse. Yeah. <laughs> she probably couldn't think of anything worse than driving to a gym every day and doing burpees. But, yeah, yeah. you know, there, there is something for everyone and I just think the sooner that you get to even doing that part-time or... And the key was for me, like I was lucky because I was forced into it because I let myself get to rock bottom. I had no choice. And mm. it's funny, you know, you read J.K. Rowling's book. She was the same way when she wrote the Harry Potter book. Mm. Sorry, when you read her biography. Mm. She was at rock bottom and she had nothing to lose and that's the only reason she wrote that book. Did so she? I really believe, and, and when I've read about different people that I really like, look up to and admire and respect, you see that they go through a really, really tough yep. time before they, you know, and I think that's just, yeah, I think if you're lucky enough to get to that place, then if you can stand up and climb back out of it, then the mm. world is your oyster. Mm. And, and here's the, um, the thing that I've, always, I've noticed too, and I've been, look, I've been rock bottom um, as well, you know, I've been in that same situation where, um, you know, I've struggled with, with my work, I've struggled with my weight, I've struggled with everything, you know, and then there is this, this burning desire inside of you to just somehow make things better. Mm-hmm. And it never comes from outside. Like, it's not people fixing you. It, it doesn't work like that. The only way to actually get what mm-hmm. you want is to realise it and make a decision and draw a line in the sand. Mm-hmm. And it always comes from within. It does. And and then when you if you're lucky enough to kind of see that and understand it and then support yourself with an environment of people that can yep. help encourage that burning fire then that's where all of a sudden, you know, there is nothing that will stop you. I agree. Yeah. 200%. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, completely. Yeah. You've just nailed it. Saying it exactly. And you're right. It is about the people you're around. Mm. And, um, yeah, I feel like in the last couple of years, my, you know, social network has changed a lot. And I'm I'm very now very aware of who I have around me. And, and, and also, too, you know, I am a very social person. So I love to you know, make connections with people and I and I suppose I'm one of the first ones to fall victim of thinking that every friendship is a is a meaningful friendship and 
you know, I sit back now and I think different people come into your life for different reasons at different times and it's really mm. true. Mm. Um, and there are only mm. a very, very small few people that you can count on. Mm. There are a few people that will push you and lift you up and, and you know, really want to see you excel and, and, you know, really drive you to want to be better. And then there are other people that you love to go and have a beer with and talk you know, talk, talk rubbish, yeah. and you know, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And that's okay, and I love that. You know, and and I think that's my biggest thing. I love learning about people and different yep. types of people, and and everyone has something positive to offer. Yeah. And and the people that are in a bad place, um, I love seeing those people come. Like you know, I've seen a few girls at my gym, you know, in a really bad place when they first started, and to see them like come through and lose weight and get confidence, and then you know, maybe leave a bad relationship or, you know, quit that job that they actually really hated or ask for something better in life. Mm. That's what that's what I actually love to see. I love watching that more than training elite, you know, elite athletes. And the worrying thing is, I think, with the whole, um, the environment you surround yourself in, the conditioning that you get as a kid. Like, if you're at school, and I, you know, I was a person who sort of saw this was, you know, if you stand up out of the crowd, then you get shot down. Yep. You have to be. You have to conform. You have to do this. This is how you act. You mm-hmm. don't. You don't carry on like that. Why would you want to do that when you leave school? No, you just do this. Mm. And I, I come from a pretty small community. Like I, I come from Dudley, so it's you know it's like a small country town. Everyone yep. knows everyone. Everyone knows everything. Mm. And the thing in there is, you go out and you get a trade, and that's it. Yeah. Yes. And then you just spend your time at the pub and you relax. You have kids. You know, it's a nice life for some people. Mm. But uh, and people say to me, well, "Why are you bothering to stand up? You're never going to get anywhere." But it gives me so much happiness to go but, up and. And, and, and why? Why would someone say that to you? Yeah. You're never going to get anywhere. Like that's it. What a negative attitude to have. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes we, you know, I think we do suffer from this tall poppy syndrome. Like people don't want to see other like. And it really bothers me that someone would actually say that to yeah. you. Mm. Because you know what? If you don't make heaps of money, who cares? If you're spending your days doing what you love doing, isn't that mm. a great thing? Exactly. Do you know what? That person there is riddled with fear. Yeah. Because they are afraid of you going and following your dream and doing something. And that's one thing I've learned in life. Those people that conform and stay and just shut down, they're just living in this full sense of fear. Mm. And I, I pity them. I actually feel sorry for them because... There is no joy to be found there. And, you know, we live our lives like, you know, we're just a blip on this mm. universe. Like we're here for such a short time. And I really believe that life, your life is the legacy that you leave behind, you know. At the end of the day, what will people say about you when, you know, you pass mm. away? But when you're at school and the teacher says to you in year three, what do you want to do with yourself? You've got all these crazy ideas, you want to be a doctor, you want to do this. But no one ever says that they want to get up at six in the morning, go and do something mm. they hate for nine hours, get home mm-hmm. from someone who they don't enjoy and cook dinner and then force it down, go to sleep and do the same thing the next day. And yet that's what the majority of people, well, do. maybe not the majority, but a fair chunk of the population ends up doing. Mm. And it's such a horrendous thing when you sort of think of it like mm-hmm. that. It's just these people are living their lives in a way that, Looking they're forward to the weekend. It. You know, they're, they're trying to... Oh, I can't wait for Friday. Yeah. It's such a, it's such Going a on shit a holiday, mentality. Like, you know? it is. But, but so many people fall into it. Yeah, because yeah. they're too afraid to, to ask for more or to work for more or to want more. Like, mm. you know, you do have to take risks. Sometimes you do have to work hard, you know. I was at a new cafe that opened up on Derby Street last week and I was talking to the young owner. She's a young girl. She's probably not even older than me. Give it a shout-out. Um, 127 on Derby. How good's 127? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the other day. I've eaten Did it you? twice. I wrote uh, on uh, Fastway Newcastle's uh, Facebook page, uh, Chuck and I get on there, The Hunt, which is my new, <laughs> my new little thing, The Hunt. We go around and we hunt things and we hunt up. <laughs> and I gave a little nice review on the 127. Well done. So check them out on Facebook. Go and send them their breakfast, their big breakfast. Amazing. Holy shit. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. It's the whole shebang. Is it big? Oh, mate. Because I hate those big breakfasts because they say they're big and you're like, yes, I'm starving. I want a big breakfast. And it comes down and it's like a little like leaf of lettuce <laughs> and a tiny little like chipolata thing. Yeah, and, mate. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 20 bucks or 19 bucks or something and it is it is big enough. It mm-hmm. sorts me out. Mm-hmm. And it, I think I'm a good judge. Yeah. yeah. Something that's big enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, of the big breakfast. So get on the Derby Street. Yeah. Check out 127. Yeah. And yeah. give her, you know, I was talking to Amy, who is it? She said she worked four jobs for 12 months, like literally yeah. worked every day for 12 months to save enough money to, to start this cafe. And I just think to myself, well done you, mm. you know? Like, I mm. wish her all the best because she deserves that. And yeah. I hope, and, and I'm sure she surrounded herself with plenty of people that 
supported her and helped her and she will she, you know she'll just she'll make it a success she will, she will. because she can she's got the work ethic and she's got the passion and the drive to do it and that's the thing like you, you need to surround yourself with people like that and all the truly successful people they're not threatened by anyone around them they no. lift people up and they they want everyone around them to be just as successful and amazing as they are because that's where all the that's where all the that's best the things funniest. are in life. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You surround yourself with happy, positive. It doesn't even have to be they successful say, people. Yeah, people are just, happy with themselves. And people that just want to see you succeed and do well in what you're yeah. doing, you know, because they're not threatened by you, you know. And, and I found that uh, it's a you know people are threatened, Pe- insecure people are. Yeah. But the true the true successful people in this life are not. Yeah. They're not. And and you know when I first started working as a PT. I found it really interesting because sometimes, you know, I might be out and about with my girls and I'd see other groups and they might be a little bit like, like wouldn't really talk to me. I found it really weird and I'd never been a PT, so, but I'm their direct competition. So I kind of understood it. But then, you know, in the end, I just, we go for yeah. coffee now. Like yeah. I chat to all the PTs down at the beach and, you know, I'm friends with the guys that own F45 and other CrossFit gyms because at the end of the day, there's enough business to go around. Yeah, there's enough people out and there. And if you do what you do well. <laughs> yeah. That's all that matters. And I was guilty of going into these, like, when I first started doing stand-up, going into the environments where everyone's hanging around, and I took this negative mentality that I was so used to about being in competition, and, oh, I reckon I'm better than this bloke, and this bloke killed, oh, why did he kill, and I didn't, all this type of stuff. And it was just shit, like, because the good thing about stand-up is you might be a minor as as your day job, or you might not have a job. But everyone's on the equal playing field. Mm. If you're not funny, you're not funny. Mm. You know that's mm. just you get straight in the gauntlet. And I think that's a really, really healthy thing to bring everyone. It brings everyone together because you you you're immediately equal, immediately. Mm. Equal. Yeah. And uh, that's that's the issue with people with worrying about like you know oh, you, I don't earn as much as you or you don't earn as much as me and this is oh the car I drive and all you know, this. That's all just that just yeah. doesn't. It actually means nothing. All that yeah. stuff just. It's just complete. Oh, when you park it in the garage and you're laying, you, you, sure, you might have a thousand thread count in your bed, but you know, that's great. But I've, you know, I've still got the blankets I had four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see with a little doona and a little blankie. And it was oh, it's, up, it's got know? rainbow colours on it. I reckon it's real cool. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, that's all good. But you know, you put all that away and in the night and you lay down, and if you're laying down with someone you hate or yeah. you no one at all. If you're miserable, then it what's matter? the point of it all? You exactly. know? And I think, I think, um, when you start to really, you know, you touched on values um, before, Nerida, about, um, you know, you, you find out what your, your values are as a child and as an adult and, you know, your, your core values are really what drive you and you can, if you start really, um, you know, resonating with those values, you know, you can, you can take yourself to places that you just never would imagine that you could go, mm. you know, and, and you're right, it's, it's amazing when um, you start focusing on, um, you know, on, on improving yourself and improving the lives of others, um, all of a sudden it's like, um, and I talked about this before on another show, because you haven't seen The Matrix, have you? you, you I have not seen The Matrix. Yeah, you've got to see it so I've we can talk about it. Pieces. I I, blue, blue, I, red but I reference back to it because it, it really is like that. You know, you there's a state of consci- consciousness that gets awakened when, um, y- you know, you, you start really focusing on the core values of yourself and your inner self and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you start, you know, resonating at a higher level, yeah. and then and that attracts other people in your life that are resonating on the same level totally. as you. Totally. Um, now have you read it? Yeah. Well, I haven't read it, but I, I, I you know, I understand. Bryce doesn't it. read. Uh, yeah, oh, I, don't, I don't read books. No, really? I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. Oh, that one is worth reading. Like it's, it's it, you know. I, I can't. Well, this is going to sound weird, right? Okay. But I, I can't actually read books. Okay. And I can't, and I'm completely dyslexic. Yeah. And the way oh, that's I... interesting. Yeah, I know. So, because I've written a book and... And I, that's re- interesting because I find your book one of the best books that I've ever read. read. Yeah. So, so that's <laughs> well, thank you. It's really easy to read. It's easy like, to it's read. It's just... It just well, yeah, wow. So, the way the way that I learnt and the way I had to teach myself to get through, um, through university is um, uh, I had to take information from what I heard and what I saw and then I would actually write it down as best as I could and create a picture out mm-hmm. of that information and then um, what I do is condense that image into something else. And then when it was time for an exam or something like that, I would then just draw that image and then expand it and expand it so I'd have all the answers laid out in front of me um, through through a visual field. Wow. And and that's how I – because I had to figure out how the hell how I was going to do this, you know. And so you taught yourself that. And I taught myself this, wow. yeah. So instead of reading, Perhaps I listen you... to, um, you know, audio books and I listen to, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, if, I, if you're in the car um, or, you know, reading at night, which, you know, I listen at night and stuff like that, I actually – I now listen at, at one and a half speed. 
So everyone sounds mm. like a chipmunk. Yep. But you get through the book really quickly, <laughs> and, and when you get used to it, your brain can actually um, comprehend it better than if you were just at normal speed. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it really is a case of just mm. um, finding your, you know, your way around the world mm. and, and capitalising on it, yep. you know? And yeah. for, the re- for the record, I've never read a book either. <laughs> yep. uh, not for any fault of being dyslexic. Yep. I'm just quite lazy when it comes to books. Yep. But well, Power Now is a good one, and I, I read that recently, and I find it's very relevant to you know that state of consciousness that you talk mm. about because I feel like so many of us are living in either the future or the past. You know, we're either anxious about what's coming up or yep. we're dwelling on what's already happened, rather than just focusing on the now. And at the end of the day, if you think about it, all we ever have is this current moment, mm. like. The future will come, you know, but all we ever have now is, is this moment now. Mm. And I think that's so important, especially in this day and age, you know, we're becoming so wrapped up in, you know, material things and this, I've recently learned about this have, do and be. Mm-hmm. We're always thinking, when I have this, mm. I can do this so I can be this person. You mm. know, when I when I get the, the new job, mm. then I can, you know, buy the things that I want to buy, do the things I want to do, then I'll be the person I think I want to be. Oh, way around. Exactly. Yeah, be, do, have. You've got to yeah. be the be person. Be the person you want to be. Then you'll so you have the things, things you want to do, do, so then you yeah. can do. And I think that yeah. when I heard that, I was like, so true. Like, you know, here yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, when I get there, when I yeah. do that, I'll be happy. Yeah. It but just doesn't work like it, that. It, you're never going to be happy if you're not right now. Yeah. That happiness is within you at any time. It's just the decision to want to be it. Yeah. I must say, um, you know, I, as, a, as a chiropractor, I am blessed um, with a lot of this philosophy mm. um, uh, in the field because, you know, the we don't get taught a lot of this stuff at university, but once you're out at university and you start um, meeting with other chiropractors, you know, this, this be-do-have principle, this was one of the first things that I learnt. Really? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, you know, the, the fact um, that as a profession, you know, we are so kind of like ragged on and looked down upon mm. that, you know, to actually be successful, you need to stand above the, the criticism and all that kind of stuff and be the person that you need to be mm. to, to realise that, hang on, this shit that I do is really powerful yeah. and it helps a lot of people. And, you know, if you can actually stand up and deliver and, and have confidence in what you do, then you just attract people and you just yeah. change lives left, yeah. right and centre. So, yeah, I, I look at it every day and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do what I do. That's yeah. awesome. Mm. That's yeah, so it's, it's, it's such a positive thing to be in. And regardless of your thoughts on, and, like, you know, we've, we've thrown around a few words that, you know, not offend people, but get people a bit antsy, like CrossFit and Paleo and... and <laughs> I'm a cultist, baby. Come no, on. I am chiropractic, CrossFit and Paleo. You can't get more culty <laughs> than that, right. you know? I'm just, I'm just whatever, you know. Let's just relax. But you're, um, you're a sheeple conformist. You know what? It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> it's about get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you. Oh, I've got that. So, yeah. Get your hand off my leg. It's funny that you say that. Um, and I, you know, I started doing CrossFit five years ago before anyone even knew what it was. You know, I bought this house across the road from CrossFit gym, and I used to watch them. I used to get up early and watch them train. I'd be like, "What is this?" And when I lost all my weight, people used to say to me, "What have you been doing?" Mm. And I'd tell them CrossFit, and they would all be like, "What is this CrossFit?" You know, back then it wasn't all over YouTube, and it wasn't people doing crazy, stupid stuff, and all your friends posting about their PBs every day. Um, and I wonder, I often wondered to myself, and I'd never been a gym goer really, like, you know, I used to do the odd body pump or whatever, but never a real proper gym trainer. And I often wonder if I had known, like if, if CrossFit had the reputation that it had when I, you know, wanted to try it, if I'd been five years into CrossFit and, you know, everybody knew what it was, would I have ever tried it? And I probably wouldn't, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I was lucky that I went and tried it before it really had that, you know, that connotate like that mm. you know negative kind of attachment and it's such a shame i i really do feel and and you know what i've seen so many people rag on crossfit for years and years mm. and then actually come and try it and cope well it's actually not good. do that yeah. you know <laughs> and it, don't get me wrong it's not for everyone but you know don't hate on it if you don't know what it is and if you haven't tried it because every single crossfit gym i've walked into i've been welcomed with open arms and introduced to people and made friends and it's a nice community to be involved with and yep. I love that it attracts any person of any age and any ability and any profession. You know, I could be training next to, you know, a granddad and 
I could be training next to, you know, mm. a doctor from the martyr and, and we're all just in there, you know, sweating yeah, it out exactly. and, and high fives at the end and it's all good. Exactly. Like it's it's about. not yeah. about, you know. It brings us back to being a human. Yeah, mm. and exactly. Not to your title, not to what people think. Yeah, it. and I know that, that, yeah, so. Yeah. I actually, uh, believe it or not, the yep. other day did a wad. Well, <laughs> look out. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but I'll, because at the back of my gym, I just go to a normal gym, Planet yep. Fitness at yep. Charlestown, great yep. gym, check it out. Uh, you know, sponsored? Not really. Not really. Uh, hey, Bre- <laughs> Brendan's the, the manager there. Say good day, Brendan. Yeah. yeah. Hello, Brendan. You <laughs> can't, can't quite hear him. <laughs> Brendan doesn't like me. But <laughs> I don't think. But anyway, it's all good. Um, but uh, and at the back, there's a bit of a space, and we did. Me and my mate Taylor, we did a bit of a bit of a what? And I tell you, it's it's a great way to train. It's functional training, excellent. But it does have those negative connotations. Yeah. But, and perhaps where where I've been doing a bit of listening and and, and uh, researching on myself. Uh, maybe the, the, the real heavy uh, continuous movements aren't the best mm. for, uh, for, for, for people, but... For you at this stage, yeah. the conditioning that you're yeah. in. Yeah, and yeah, that's, yeah. This, this is probably the thing that people they get from it. They go and they see these people doing these, uh, doing cleans and doing sets mm. of, what, 10, 15, 20 cleans or something, mm. and they try and do it with 100 mm. kilos, and then they've got sore shoulders for the next but that's, six weeks. that's people's, you know, and it's funny because CrossFit actually is made up of roughly 60 to 70% women, yeah. Women love this, you know, group fitness environment. And I know I'm being very general here, but, you know, your example that you've just brought up is typical of, of any bloke that mm. comes in, especially when they come from a gym background, and their ego getting in the way. Yeah. And, and and I see it a lot. I've been doing it for quite a while, so I'm fairly strong. And I see plenty of guys come in and, you know, train next to me, and mm. I'm lifting more than they are. Yeah. Mm. And their ego takes over, and they just – they don't want to listen to a coach tell them to back off the weight and just get used to the technique they want to be able to lift that weight so you've got to leave your ego at the door and and women are great at doing that they come in and they're happy to just they're a little bit too happy to coast along sometimes (laughs) sometimes my girls at Lasama, you know having a little chat while they're in their workout i'm like trying to get them to like you know get in the hurt locker and burn but you know it's it's one of those things that you've just got to you know you've just got to surrender and listen to the coach because every single crossfit gym has you know those coaches that have that knowledge and you know experience behind them to be able to make sure that your entry into this sport mm. is a safe and enjoyable one but you've got to seek that out and you've got to make sure that you're listening and you're giving that advice because I tell you what I've seen plenty of guys come in to me and I've coached them and they do not listen and they just go ahead and do what they want and I try and convince them yeah. otherwise and they get injured and or they may not come back or they're embarrassed yeah. or whatever but if you leave your ego at the door and you just do, you know, do what you're told. So this isn't obviously coaching at Lausanne because that's no yeah. at CrossFit Hunter. So okay, another so shout out to an awesome CrossFit gym yep. in Adamstown. Um, I'm really involved with them, and I'm very, very lucky that um, I have such a great relationship with Lausanne and CrossFit Hunter. Yeah. Um, the owner there, Alex, he, you know, and I are really good friends, and yep. he's done a great job with the place. He's owned it for twelve months now, but we're almost two years old. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a great community. It's one of the biggest CrossFit gyms. Um, I do a little bit of coaching there, and I train myself there because, obviously, when I'm, so I'm coaching. Yeah, you're girls. coaching. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. nice for me to go somewhere else and be coached because mm-hmm. as much as I love training and I think that I'm dedicated, I actually hate training on my own. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like training. Yeah, right. I'm not one of those people that will go to the gym and just bust out weights on my own. I love that environment yeah. where there's banter and there's people around and the music's up and yeah. there's, you know, people to chase and... Kind of, yeah. Yeah, 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 and and we've interviewed uh, Lee, the no rep for oh, Wilson, yes, yeah. previously, and um, bet that was a boring podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, I actually listened to it. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I did. But, but the that funny is thing is, um, you know, and I've, I've seen. I mean, you've trained at at, yep. at Royal Commando, yep. and you know, it really is. It's it's like this this community within a community as yep. well. You know, we all mm-hmm. kind of respect each other and and all happy to help each other succeed as as businesses and, yep. and as whatever because. You know, as you were saying before, there's enough people to go around totally. to, to change and, to change the culture. And, and, and you know what I love about it? Like, you know, if anything happened to anybody at any CrossFit gym, that community, like the entire Newcastle CrossFit community is the first play, the first people to step up and, and mm. band together, you know, when people have gotten sick or mm. passed away or, you know, needed, you know, houses have burnt down and, and you know, life, like, yeah, that yeah. CrossFit community is the first community to band together yeah. and raise money or you know turn up and help each other help and, each other yeah it's a, it's a tribe i mean it's, it a, is. it's going back to our kind of evolutionary yeah. roots if you will and, mm. and we're all kind of trying to you know 
improve ourselves and our community as best we can together. And yeah. Yeah, money doesn't come into it. It's just, it's all about just being better as a group. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Okay. Back to that ego thing. Like, for, for a conventional gym where everyone's walking around with headphones in and everyone's not talking to each other and it's just, because that's what I experience every day at my gym. And, like, I'm, I'm the biggest bloke there, just height-wise, you know, like, Yes. Six, six, eight. Six, eight. Six, eight. Six, eight. 120 that kilos. Is... So I'm, I'm a pretty, uh, you know, large intimidating kid. kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've got a beard. And, and you've got a beard. You know, thick eyebrows. And I tell you, <laughs> but, but, but I, I see it all the time. People just walk around, they've got their bloody shoulders going, and there's a staunch. buckets. It's yeah, a staunch yeah. fest. It is a dead set staunch fest. And I, you know, I'm the biggest guy there, and I get like, you know, 20 kilos. Another folks next to me got the 40s, and I'm just like, ah, it's all good, you know. But but that's it's such a negative thing to be doing in a in a group of is just trying to prove your manliness. Like I I know I'm a bigger man than any of these. <laughs> but no, but that's, it doesn't even matter, does it? Like who cares? It really it's such a it's such a um a, just a, an old thing. I'm trying an ancient thing. Ancient thing, to, yeah. To, to, to do is to just try and beat someone with your with your brawn or your or your um or your, just oh, your look. size. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And coming from a real like I'm believe it or not, even though I do stand up and all these type of things, I'm really really self conscious. <laughs> I hate. I used to hate going to the gym. I used to hate training but with people and all those type of things. Because it's probably not in your comfort zone. No, it's mm. not. But when when where where is your comfort zone when you're at your comedy, yeah, when I'm on stage. So you, mm. you're in your you're in your zone there. I'm in the you're, not, zone. you're you're confident. I'm at work. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. everyone's got that. You know, it's funny. Like, um, I was invited along. This one, a, a friend of mine. She's like a bit of a personality in Newcastle. Um, she's a bit of a um, like not a politician, but she's done a little bit of work in politics. Oh, can she invited, yeah, Jamie Abbott. Jamie Abbott. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. She invited me along to this business breakfast, and here I am. In a room full of like all these, you know, male lawyers, bankers, mm. real estate agents, and I felt totally, you know, out of my out depth. Of place, like I was, yeah. I was nervous. She gets up and speaks like amazing, like just everything. She, mm. you know, opens the group, welcomes the group, talks for twenty minutes, and does it beautifully. And I just have all this admiration and respect for her because I think I could never do that. She comes to my gym, you know, with like you know fifteen young, you know young girls chatting away and you know mm. everyone's just there after work whatever and I'm not thinking anything of it she's completely intimidated mm. that's out of her comfort zone mm. she's you know she, you know what I mean and whereas for me that's comfort like I you know I'm in my home turf there yep. so yeah. it's funny everybody has that yeah absolutely. everybody has absolutely. that you know and I think that's a, it's a very important part of your life is to find where that comfort zone is and exactly you know, mine is talking to people and doing things in front of people and, and yours is training mm. and Bryce yours is just cracking necks and catching checks cracking necks and catching checks if I was in it for the money I would definitely be a pharmaceutical rep or somehow involved in selling drugs because I promise you there is a lot more money in that oh, yeah. world than there is doing what I do Absolutely. selling I'd drugs like, is the way to go just ask the bloke in the, in the Adidas jacket down the street yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he just, the difference is between that and the pharmaceutical companies is that he doesn't pay taxes. That's, that's probably about the only difference. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's a fair point. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, in, in, in a world today where we've seen last week the attacks on Paris, the terrorist attacks, which were, were pretty her, pretty bloody horrendous, um, you know, so many people are living in fear. and To have mm. that, you know, to be scared at home. Like, I, I got the example of my grandma, like, she would watch a current affair and they were talking about a homing, home invasion. And she said to me, Jesus, there's home invasions are happening all the time. My pop was like, yeah, this is ridiculous. This has never happened. Mm. But in reality, it's probably not happening no. in anyway. any, any way or anywhere or any increase in last year's or 10 years ago. But because the media are pumping mm. everyone with such negative shit, mm. like, you know, oh, you're gonna, you know, there's going to be a terrorist attack in Australia. The people mm. are going to get beheaded. It, you know, it may well happen, but you can't live your life every day freaking out about mm. that because you just turn into this, you know, into the India shell. You, you, you're scared to do things at work. You're scared to go and say this, to the boss, listen, I've been doing this, this, and this. Mm. I think I deserve a pay rise. You're terrified of that because <laughs> you think you might go, nah, fuck off, you know, you might sack you. But if you do things, if you do things confidently and without fear, mm. As you said before, fear, you know, everything good that happens mm. in your life is on the other side of fear. Mm. And people are stuck in that thing every day now. Where you, mm. like, I've got the newspaper here, the lovely Newcastle Herald. If we turn the front, over the front page, mm. there's a man well, there's, in, a, in a murder mystery. Like, that's on the front page. Kids mm. are saying that every day. Mm. You sit uh, and you watch, maybe you watch TV on the dinner table. Um, you know, you've got your kids with you, whatever. 
the first three things are about someone dying or about something happening overseas or people are getting bombed and killed. This is happening. Um, you know, this has been happening for thousands of years in human in, in human in the human uh, in the world, the mm. culture. But no one's ever had this access to it, and now mm. it happens. Mm. There's nothing in school that teaches kids. Listen, just chill, chill out. Mm. You know, this happens in the world. There's horrible people in the world, but it's not happening all the time. Mm. You know, this isn't the ghetto. This isn't Compton. You know, I know mm. people drive around on a Thursday night thinking it is Compton. It's not mm. fucking Compton. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but, but I, I think I, I don't know what you guys think, but it's just this this terror. This you know, people live in a terrified culture. It, it, yeah, it's, it's horrible. I think as a collective. Um, you know, what you said about, you know, that, that uh, you know, there will be a terrorist attack here and there will be this and there will be that. You know, I'm a very firm believer if you really focus on something happening, it'll you'll happen. make it happen. Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, the media is talking about that and, you know, the, um, the people collectively are talking about that, it's like we're, we're almost willing it mm. to, to come about. Mm-hmm. And, and as much as this is going to be controversial, you know, we have to take responsibility for that. It's mm. it's our it's our doing by mm-hmm. by talking about it and creating it. Which I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah. On that, did you happen to watch the project last night? Waleed. Waleed. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Now, I I watched that and I just think he's absolutely spot on with everything he said. If you yeah. haven't seen the video, check it out. Look up Waleed on uh, on YouTube, YouTube or something. It's trending massively. Mm. He's got, oh, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, he has five hundred thousand likes. There's about fifteen million views on it mm. at the moment. And what he was saying was basically that we are giving the power to these terrorist groups by segregating Muslims. Mm. So Muslims will have nowhere to turn. They'll be segregated in their communities. They'll be uh, put aside. They will be hated. They have mm. all these horrible things happen to them. And what other thing do they have but than to fight back yeah. and to join this group? Yeah. And uh, Nero, I don't know what you took from it, but some similar type of thing? Oh, totally. And just that, um, you know, the way that he talked about how, you know, they've told us, you know, they're absolutely orchestrating everything that they want yeah you know in our government like you know i just you know all this media and all this propaganda that's fed to us you just got to take it with a grain of salt because you know they are perpetuating that fear and they Mm. are trying to instill that hostility within us Mm. and i think he hit the nail on the head when he said no we need to come together we need to you know we need to answer this with love and we need to make sure that there is no hostility. There mm. is no, um, you know, that we're not listening. We're not being manipulated by, mm. you know, that social media because it's so important. I just, you know, I just, you know, how he talks about how some of those terrorist attacks aren't even related to. They just, they just claim they, it. Yeah. And they are, they are pushing this this message of hate and uh, and hostility throughout the world. It is true, regardless of what um, what everyone thinks of. Oh, that's not happening. It is happening to people, mm. unfortunately enough. But it is spread by social media. And Anonymous came out yesterday with a video directed at the uh, Anonymous, the, hacking, the activist group online, which I think everything they've done so far has been really positive, uh, mm. especially for, for the world, basically. Um, and they said that, uh, that they're 100% behind the French people. This will make them stronger. They're, they've basically declared war on ISIS's main version or main way of, of targeting people, mm. which is social media. By shutting down these accounts, because how else does a, a, a tiny group in the Middle mm. East contact people in Melbourne mm. or Sydney? They do it through social media because it's this connective. The, the internet has allowed people like that to connect immediately in real time with people on the other side of the world. And they've said this: this is the war that this is going to be uh, anonymous's biggest operation by shutting down these people mm. to really, you know. Shutting up this tiny mouse that is, is screaming like a bear, mm. Mm. and I think that's such a positive thing. I mean, you know, you, you hear the things like the Charlie Hebdo attack that happened in January that people forgot about. You know, they killed uh, twelve people in an office because of a fucking cartoon they drew, they drew of, of Muhammad, which is you know it probably in poor taste perhaps, but it's never the option. It's never you know yeah, okay you don't die for it. It's not something you t- turn up with an AK forty seven and mm. blow up a whole room of people in an office. Um, but that's become, and this, this is probably the worst thing, and I wrote a little thing on Facebook yesterday because all my friends are dumb shits, no one liked it. Uh, <laughs> but this is becoming, it's, it's accepted. If you remember the September 11 attacks, everyone was astonished for a day mm. yeah. or two days or a week or a month if you lived overseas. But now you see it, and it's four days since, uh, since the Paris attacks, and we don't really think about it anymore. Mm. You might only think about it when you get home. But people have become so desensitised to the horrible things happening mm. that you just go, oh well, that's just that's just what terrorists do. Yeah, you know, they just kill yeah. people, they just, just behead people. Yeah. And even the attacks in Lebanon that happened, I believe, was it Lebanon that happened at a funeral 
or it might have, might have been Iraq, 40 people died at a funeral because of a terror, uh, suicide bombing. Mm. And these people that, you know, it, it, I, I agree with what Waleed said, but surely something has to be done. I mean, maybe not bombing these people isn't the, isn't the best answer because it just, you know, hatred sort of has this way of finding its way through the flames and fire, regardless of how hard you hit it. You know, you might throw shock and awe at, at, at these terrorist groups, but, you know, this ideology, like even after like the Nazis, you know, there's still that, you know, white supremacy or that, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the Nazi way of life is still found its way in, in sort of in mm. small sanctions of communities across the world. And that's just what happens with hatred. It sort of finds its way through somehow. Mm. I don't know what I the still, answer is. Yeah, and, and, and he said the same thing. He said, you know, it's, it's complicated mm. and, it's, you know, it's far beyond. But, you know, anything, there's, I don't think there is a, an actual just set answer, but I don't think anything can be achieved by breeding more hate. I don't yeah. think any, and I think... You know, he hit the nail on the head when he talked about love and about acceptance and, and you know, coming together yeah. and, and being together. I just think that needs to be, that message needs to be peddled more so than that message of fear. I think the, the, the quote was, I'm probably paraphrasing here, he said, there's so much hate and all we're hitting it with is more hate mm. when we need it is more love. Mm. And, and that sounds so cliche. And he even said that. He said, it sounds like a cliche. And I felt, I thought, how awful is that that he has, has to actually, mm, you know, and, that, yeah. and I feel like that too. I feel like, in the last few months of my life, you know, I've gone through a few things and, um, you know, I've every time I've dealt with a situation with love and understanding and acceptance, it's always ended up so much better than if I'd retaliated in a in a way of fear or, or you or know, hate or, something or like you know, or a negative, yeah. you know, way. And it's sad that we're getting to the point where we use the word love and it has we're has embarrassed to, to use it. Embarrassed. We're yeah, embarrassed, you know, it's a cliche. It, yeah. No, love is always the answer. Absolutely. It's always the way. And it needs to be taught to our children. It needs to be taught to every generation. It needs to be, you know, promoted more and more. Like, it's just, the world needs more of it. I've got young brothers, and I use the example of, I, I, had, a, I had a bloke who was very drunk at a pub, and he ran into my car, wrote the car off. It was my first car. I was probably about 19 at the time, or maybe even younger, 18, 17. And, you know, I was shattered. And we got in the car, the bloke drove off, and we, me and my mate, we're gonna, you know, we're probably going to go, you know, put one on the bloke or whatever, or do mm. something to him and that type of stuff. And, we pulled over and, you know, cornered him and that type of stuff and he got out and he was terrified and we are just like, you know, mm. fucking, don't worry about it, mate. Yeah. Like, you're all right. He's, you know, don't worry about it. Let's just get your insurance details. Oh, I don't have insurance. All right, it's all good, mate. Yeah. Let's just work it out. Yeah. And, you know, I could have reacted to that so, mm. so much poorly. Mm. But the next night I was down and I was playing footy the next day and we were down at the clubhouse and uh, this lady came over and said, oh, you know the bloke who ran into your car? Yeah. I, I walked upstairs last night and he had a noose around his neck. And, you know, I thought to myself immediately, I thought if I fucking attacked that guy yeah. or yelled at him or said, you're the worst person in the world, how do you do this? How dare you do that? He tops himself. He's got a young family, all yeah. this type of stuff. He commits oh, yeah. suicide. Yeah. And that's all. The only reason that, in my mind, the only reason he did not kill himself that night was because I didn't attack him. Mm. Mm. And, and that's, that's just yeah. You just don't know. You, you just know. don't know how far reaching the message that you say is, is going to end up, you know, and you how it affects their lives. Yeah, that's know. right. Absolutely. That's, that's right. And that's why, you know, the more positive and the more love that we send out to each other, the more that everybody else sends that on and, and you know, and on it goes rather mm. than, you're right, like, mm. you know, rather than that negative energy. And, you know, we're all just responding to each other's energies, you know, and, and you can pick up on it straight away if somebody's, you know, leading to a different energy to you. If it's a negative and you're on a positive, you can you can sense it straight away. But, you know, when you've got more and more of that positive energy and that love, that definitely does affect other people with that negative. You know what I mean? I think that definitely has an effect more, more far-reaching than you would ever yeah. know. And the normal human emotion when something bad happens to you is to retaliate. I mean, totally. That's where fighting comes totally, from and all these yeah. type of things. And in Newcastle, you know, how bad is our, like, you know, our, our drinking culture and our yeah. violence in Newcastle is so bad. Mm. You know, I, don't, like, I don't think it's as it's, bad as people say. It's gotten better, it's gotten I think, better, yeah. Especially with these lockouts yeah. and these type of things and people focusing mm. so much on it. But there's still, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 22, so I go out every now and then mm. and I see these people. These people walk around, it's like the gym sort of mentality where it's staunch and it's carrying on. And I had some young, like young 18-year-old dude, he bumped into me the other week at a pub 
And he looked at me in horror. He thought, he's, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I said, it's all right, fucking chill out, will you? And I was like, you thought I was going to kill him or something. Yeah. But that's, that is the culture. It's, um, yeah. you know, it's you against me. Oh, I want to dance with this Sheila or whatever, you know, all that type of stuff. Like, just, mm. like, if everyone just relaxed mm. and chilled out and stopped having this attack mentality mm. rather than a just, you know, just, like, you know, just... If you can take a message yeah. away, I'm sure the people who carry on in town aren't listening right now, yeah. but uh, this is a direct message to you. Just chill the fuck out, all right? It's not that hard. Let's all just get along. Yeah. Why big can't group, we be big friends? Group hug. Life is too short, you know? It's, it's too short. So this this leads us on to another topic um, of, about, I suppose, about giving. Um, you're involved in a lot of charity work as well, Merida. Mm. Can, you, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So when I first started La Somme, I had this idea, and it hasn't really panned out that way, but I, I had this idea that every month we would do some kind of charity project you know you know working for soup kitchens and serving the homeless um donating blood to the, the blood bank um volunteering for the rspca you know going up there one day and cleaning out their you know their puppy um enclosures yeah enclosures and walking them and stuff like that yeah. we've done a few little things which has been great um one of the biggest things that i'm probably proud of is a, a group of us girls got together and organized a ball a black tie ball which was held at the surf house this year um, and we raised some money for Jenny's Place, which is a women's refuge centre in Newcastle. Um, and they take in women and children every day, every night, and clothe them, feed them, get them back out into the community, get them some money, get them a place to live, all of different circumstances, obviously in different levels. Mm. You know, sometimes they house them temporarily until they go back to that original, um, you know, situation, which is, you know, sad to hear. Sometimes it is a stepping point onto something new. Um, so we raised nearly $17,000 for them, um, which was really awesome considering that's, that's it was our amazing. first well done, year. Yeah, well, absolutely. honestly, I can't take credit for it. These three girls came to me, you know, early on in the year and they said, you know, we'd really like to organize a, a ball, you know, for something fun and to raise some money. And, you know, with the business, I am always organizing events. So sometimes you kind of get a little bit, you know, you're like, oh, this is going to be a lot of work. I'm going to be left to do it all. So I said to them, look, I'm happy to jump on board and to do that. That'd be great. It'd be great for the business, but, you know, I do need help. And they said, no, no, we'll run, we'll do it all ourselves. And literally, you know, we had a meeting and they turned up and they had, you know, the venues, the prices, the, you know, everything pretty much. And all I had to do was kind of agree to this and agree to that. We chose Jenny's Place because we wanted something that was synonymous with women and empowering women. It was really nice. Like we went around there and, and talked to the women. We got to know them quite a bit over the space of the three months. And I just, they came to the ball and um, I just thought to myself, like, I remember having this moment at night, like I thought, I'm so lucky, I go, I go to work every day and I see women in their best hour of the day, you know, mm. laughing and training and learning and, you know, getting along with each other. And these women that work for Jenny's Place see women in their darkest hour, mm. you know, of their life probably when they come in and, you know, they're beaten and they're hungry and they're crying and they're mm. emotional and they're probably terrified mm. and they go to work every day and do that and I just thought like these women yeah. are just absolutely heroic and it's insane to hear how bad domestic violence is getting in Newcastle there are two deaths every week in Australia due to domestic violence and that's double on last year mm. so I found that really abhorrent to hear that um, we spoke about uh, domestic violence last week Mm. Uh, with ladies from empowerment for women, women. yeah. Do, do you know Brian? I don't, but I heard you speaking about them earlier. Yeah, yeah. Brian Kim. Yeah, the, the yeah. job that those ladies are yeah. doing are amazing. And if you if you, if you ever listen to that podcast, it's episode six. Check it out. A uh, really interesting story. Uh, but where does this domestic violence stem from? Is it a cultural thing? Is it a is it a men looking down on women thing? Is it is it just an education thing? Oh look, this is a a hot, a hot topic, but. I think there's a few issues. You know, I think drugs and alcohol are probably a contributing factor. You know, I think, um, you know, ice has become very much more accessible in Newcastle. Mm. Uh, I think that relates to it a little bit. Um, I think women taking on a more prevalent role in, in the workforce as well as the home. You know, I think deep down, I still think that um, there is a little bit of an imbalance in society in the way that, Women are expected to work now but still raise the family and still logistically manage a family, you know, getting kids around and to work and babysitting or whatever. And, you know, and I'm not – this is a very general. You know, I'm sure there are plenty of men out there that manage households and mm. there are plenty of, you know, this is of very course, general. Yeah. 
but you but know, not, women not are, near as much percentage-wise. It wouldn't be. Yeah, women yeah. are taking you know a much more stressful role. Um, they're trying to earn more money. You know, I think some women and men are threatened by that. Um, I think there are a few contributing factors. You know, and I think there are still just you know men out in the community that are aggressive and are threatened and are insecure and and a strong woman terrifies them of that. And mm. me being who I am. I encounter that quite a bit. You know, I find that I intimidate men a lot because of who I am and, and what I do. And, you know, it's a shame to see because, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not out to intimidate anybody. But, yeah, I think that, you know, that's a fear thing as well. You know, men like to – there are some men that might like to, you know, keep their, mm. their partners in a yeah. certain, you know. Maybe it is that, that old kind of prehistoric, I've got a caveman kind of club you over the head type mm. of mentality. Yeah. I mean, it's got Absolutely. to have something to play on it. And, and you know, those are, those are relationships. Like we talked to the girls from Jenny's Place. Abuse is, is, is a really scary thing. It, it comes through such a trajectory pattern. It starts off very, very, you know, in a way that's very emotional and you wouldn't even know what's happening to you. And all of a sudden, you know, before you know it, and every circumstance is different, you know, you're being handed over to the police, you know, by Jenny's place, you know, one night <laughs> in the middle of the night, you know, after being beaten and your children, are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it's it's such a... Yeah. And, and I think that's why Lasom is so important to me because I want that to be a home for anyone, for any woman yeah. that needs that community and that support. And, and you know what it's like? You get into a relationship and sometimes you have your blinkers on and you don't want to see the things that everybody else sees. But if you've got that community of women behind you to say, look, I don't think that's okay that he talks to you that way. Yeah. I don't think that's okay that he manages your money like that or I don't think that's okay that... He doesn't let you socialise with your friends. Yeah. And, and you know, some everyone's different. Some yeah. people, you know, might take that on board and, and change that situation and get out of it, and some don't. And, and it's funny, can I just say, yeah, yeah, when we announced that we were doing this for Jenny's Place, I was just absolutely dumbfounded. When we announced it, I received 18 emails within the first 48 hours from women saying, I have been directly affected by domestic mm, violence. And, and some of them like were members, some of them were friends, some of them were just women in the community, mm. but not one of them was one anyone that I would have thought, that I would have expected yeah. had been abused by their partner, not mm. one of them. I was absolutely blown away. Because 18 women. 18 women in 48 hours 48 contacted hours. you out, not out of the blue, yep. um, you know, because you were obviously yep. talking about it. Yeah. But it, it is it is a striking thing. And the government came out earlier this year, the Australian government, and said, you know, this is a problem, it's, it's an epidemic, yeah. we need to fight it. Yep. I think that fighting it... See, again, fighting it. Why is it fighting? You, it's, it, you've Turn got around. Inside got, out, exactly. not outside in. You know? Yeah, you've got to understand the problem. That's you know, we've got to educate the men. We've got to, you know, educate the women. We've got to make sure that, you know, and, and it's, you know, next year I want to raise money. I don't want to raise money for, you know, a women's charity. I want to raise money for, you know, a men's charity. I really want to try and raise money for... You know, men suffering from depression, anxiety. You know, have you heard of the Black Dog Institute? Yes, yeah. You know, that woodworking where they get mm, guys in mm. and, you know, because guys are typically harder to talk to, harder mm. to open up. You know, there's this great um, woodworking association where they found that they get guys in and they woodwork with them and mm. over woodworking and, you know, pottering around, they open up and they talk. And I want to raise money for that because, you know, that's, that's great. You yeah. know what I mean? That's another way you can get into that same you know, kind of issue and help it by raising money in a different way, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I would definitely contribute to that oh, good. As, oh, as I always come, would. And, yeah. Well, you did this year. You supported us yeah, this year, yeah, which was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, last year the tickets sold out in 48 hours. Oh, and and like I said to people, they will sell out. I mm. can I can throw a party. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so many people missed out and they said to me, Nez, like good friends of mine couldn't even come. So this time, make well, sure you get your tickets. Let's set a target then, because I'm a big again big yeah. believer, and let's let's make a number. So, yep. what would you think is an ideal number of people to attend this event? What would you think? Oh, I'd go. Let's, I want to go say double. We've got double. Yeah, I want to go 400, 500. Okay, yeah. so let's, where's the venue? Where can we? Where well, can we aim for? I know. I see maybe the jockey club somewhere. You know, I don't know. We need. We obviously need a venue that's big enough to mm-hmm. you know to be able to withstand that many people. What does Town Hall hold? Um, I think we can go up to five hundred or six hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's put the feelers out, and if you want to make it happen, we'll, 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 make it we'll happen. commit yeah. and say we're awesome. aiming for five hundred. Yeah, beautiful. And um, I'll see if I can contact a few people in in uh, uh, in the council, and just awesome. see if I've, I've got a few connections there. And then yeah, let's run Thank an event. I'll, I'll help out. That'd be great. Thank I'll you so much. I'll invite a few of my mates. So. <laughs>
plenty of women in beautiful absolutely. dresses. Yeah, like, absolutely. So, you know, they'll have a good time. And one thing that I really, like, was really proud of, we went, I went to the surf house the next day, um, you know, to kind of, like, tidy up. And, you know, the guy that owns it, Mark, said to me, never seen so many people pissed by, like, 7.30. Yeah. Even started at 7. He said everyone was wasted. We sold, we gave out more champagne than any other event. But everyone was so well-behaved. And do you know what? I, I just remember feeling that night there was so much love, love in this room. Yeah. It was just, you know, so much love. Like, everybody was just, yeah. So it was a really, really good night. One of the best nights of my life, I think. So for next year event, Modern Day Thoughts will jump on. Awesome. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really sponsor something. Yeah, yeah we'll, beautiful. We'll that'd do something. Great. Maybe MC or something. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah we, we do, yeah. That'd be great. We need a good MC. I'll do it for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, for a cash to me. Believe it or not. That'll be my contribution. But you're right. I mean, you know, you've, you've all these fights, and what we keep coming back to is all these negative fights. I mean, I got in an argument with uh, some feminists online the other day about <laughs> about domestic violence, and I love baiting people. Uh, <laughs> no. It's just my natural thing is to bait people. But they kept saying, no, this is men are doing this, and all men are doing this, and all men are doing that. Well, it's not all men. I mean, yeah, it is. It can't it, be too general. Yeah, every, it can't be general. Every, so, like, every situation and circumstances got to be completely. Brush. Yeah, and you've got to deal with it one on one. You, you have know, to one... be objective. If you're not yeah. objective, you just it's it, it's it's like it's, sort of, it's almost hate speech in a way. Yeah. Um, and I said I, I say it's not a feminist problem. This is not a fight. It's not a fight mm. against anyone. It's an education thing. It's We're te- all trying to fix it's, it together. Everyone's trying to fix it. It's about yeah. being a humanist, not a feminist, yeah. or not a male feminist, or not a yeah. manist, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, yeah, we might be different sexes, but we're all trying to achieve the same thing. Exactly. And that's, that's just to be to be happy and yeah. be content with our lives. Yeah. I, f- I find the way, you know, when, when you're talking to people about opinions and beliefs and, and things like that, you know, I find the way... Uh, to get across to people is not to tell them what you believe, mm. but it's to ask them questions about their beliefs or, you know, you know me, I like to use a lot of analogies and things like that. So in that circumstance, I would ask, um, you know, have you ever had a bad haircut before? And they'd probably say, yes. And then I'd say, right, well, would you just blame all hairdressers yeah. because of that one bad haircut <laughs> yeah. you've had somewhere along <laughs> the line? That's a good one. I like you know, that. And then they'll start thinking, oh, yeah, okay. And then you can just relate that back to, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're trying to say about, uh, you know, all men and, yeah. and you know, so... yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I like that. It's 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 yeah. There's this mm. there's this trick to be able to get people to um, kind of think uh, and challenge Definitely. their own belief systems, mm. which is I find far more productive than just trying to ram stuff down yeah. people's throats. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's the segregation thing as well. You know, mm. you're a doctor. I'm a I'm a this. You're a that. You're a male. I'm a female. You know, does it really matter? At the end of the day, like, yeah, all, not at all. We all—I I can't remember who said it—but it doesn't matter what you are or what you do during the day. Everyone wants three things, and that's you know that's love. Yeah, uh, you know that's a, a family. Yeah, well, no, you want you want love. You want to have a, a full stomach. You want to have shelter. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, that's, that's the three things you need in yeah. your life to keep yourself alive. And yeah. do you know what? I find that the you know the best moments in my life have been where I have you know you are you know in those situations with different types of people like traveling you know when you travel you're with all sorts of different nationalities ages but at the end of the day you're all just the same you know you're all on that same playing on that little playing field you know what i mean like you yeah. take each other on face value and that's all that matters i'm getting the wind up from yeah <laughs> oh well, it's just my computer's starting to run out of space <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> well we got narrative from a narrative from the song uh I was going to be able to say women's fitness gym, but I won't say that. From the song. Functional fitness Functional facility. Facility. Uh, thank you so much for thank joining us. Thank you for having Sarah. me. Uh, your first podcast yeah. in, in, in your life, and you've absolutely nailed it. So we'll definitely yeah. be back on the show. Awesome. The song will be running an event next year. Stay tuned for details uh, of that. I'm sure that'll come around sooner than, sooner than we'll imagine. Yep. You've got website details if people want to check you out? We do, yes. Um, www.lassom.net.au. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, How do you spell Lassom? L-I-S-S-O-M-E. L-I-S-S-O-M-E. Got a Facebook page and an Instagram page as well. So, so. chuck that into the search bar on Facebook and Instagram. Get on there and like that immediately. While you're there, uh, chuck in Modern Day Thoughts. Like that as well. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, just be generous. Uh, but that's episode episode seven mm. of Modern Day Thoughts. Bryce Fleming, good stuff? Absolutely. That was a corker of an episode yeah, thank you Narada. thank, thank you. you Narada. my name is Isaac Butterfield have a great night everybody enjoy yourselves and bloody go to the Dudley Magpies there you go <laughs> 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 righty see ya <laughs>